Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's get right into it. Week 8 from last year, the 2019 Bills Rewind podcast series here on the Sal Sports and Stuff podcast. I'm Sal Capaccio. Great to have you along with me. And uh, this is a game here that a lot of you want to forget. So we're going to try and move past this one as quick as possible, but... We have plenty to get to as far as talking about this game, obviously, and what went down. Thanks a lot for all the great feedback. As usual, you can download, you can listen, you can subscribe. I would hope you would, and leave me a nice review as well. Apple, iTunes, Podcasts, WGR550.com, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you pod, basically you can find the Sal Sports and Stuff podcast, and we've been doing this Rewind series here for a while now, and we're about halfway through the season, still a lot more to go, but the Bills took on the Philadelphia Eagles in week number eight. Seven games for the Bills. They had their bye week. Uh, I'm sorry, six games for the Bills. They had their bye week. Seven games for the Eagles. The Bills came in at five and one. Remember the last game I just did, which was the Dolphins and the Bills were reeling. Uh, they were down. They weren't playing well, but they came back at a really big end of third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter stretch, gave them the lead. They never looked back. That got them to five and one. The Eagles definitely on the other end of that spectrum coming into this game. They were three and four. And this was when they were kind of unraveling at the seams. Uh, they had some infighting going on, some questions. I think this was the week that Orlando Skandrick went on ESPN and kind of called them out. He had been there for like a week or two, and there was just all of this uncertainty about the Eagles, this veteran team who had just won the Super Bowl a couple of years before, and this was really kind of a defining game for them and a defining moment, and I, I really felt, felt that, hey, they were going to come to Buffalo, and the Bills had them right at the right time, but you know, like veteran teams do and like good teams do, teams with leaders, you know, the Eagles rallied and they did a nice job. They beat the Bills in this game. And really, that's uh, that was the story of it, the way it unfolded, the way that the Eagles kind of beat the Bills. I wouldn't even say the Bills beat themselves. The Eagles, they they beat the Bills pretty handily in a lot of ways in this game. Now, when I went back and looked at it, the Bills actually played better than I thought they did, especially through most of the first half and then even into the second half. But there were just critical times, critical plays, critical moments that they gave up, and the Eagles were the better team. And there's no shame in that. It happens. But I would say the Eagles deserve a lot of credit for the way that they played this game, the game plan they had, and how they wound up beating the Bills. Let's go back to that week again, uh, leading into the week, like I just said about you know what was going on. And even the weather was pretty interesting because if you remember the week before, really beautiful, maybe a little chillier, but uh, sunshine, Great weather day against the Miami Dolphins. One week later, 
We're talking flipping the calendar from April 20th to April 27th. That's right around the time of year where it does kind of really shift and change, and you never know what you're going to get in Buffalo. From rain to wind to snow, it doesn't matter. You never know right at that time of year. Well, this game was completely the opposite, and it was super windy that day. Uh, The Bills and the Eagles both had to kind of even decide which way they wanted to go. That's how windy it was. You didn't know. You figured, hey, Josh Allen can throw the ball you know, through this wind. Carson Wentz, yeah, good arm, but not like Josh Allen, obviously. You know, would he have some trouble? Uh, Allen didn't have trouble necessarily. There were some plays that, you know, didn't go his way because of the wind maybe, but I was really impressed with the way Carson Wentz actually handled the wind. And I also know that, um, the Eagles, when they had the ball, you know, had a really good game plan to deal with the wind as well, but it was super windy and that was a factor in the game, but both teams had to deal with it. And Matt Milano was back for this one as well. which was a, a big deal for the bills where they had been missing him on their run defense, but it really didn't help in this particular case because the Eagles did a nice job running the ball against the bills anyway, but it was nice to get him back. That was a storyline throughout the week as well. And before I get into the rest of the game, I remember, remember last week when I told you I had a dolphins fan friend who came to the game, he actually stayed even through this weekend. He went to this game as well because he loved it so much. Him and his son, they're big dolphins fans. They went to this game with other friends of mine who were up from Florida. It just so happened I had two groups of friends that came up from Florida in back-to-back weeks, and they happened to know each other. So this one, they all went to this game. And one of the reasons for that was a friend of mine's wife is an Eagles fan, and she wanted to go, and we made arrangements for them to come up during that week. And, um, you know, they they really, really loved the experience at New Era Field, except for the, the, the storm, the, what do you want to call it, the wind, the rain, you know, everything you think about the weather in Buffalo, <laughs> that was really the case. And they go back to Florida going, man, that that rain, that wind in Buffalo, you know, it was really, really bad and exactly what it lived up to be. So, and what you think about it, but you know, it was interesting having friends in town for these games, one and one for the Bills, they go home, back to Florida, Bills beat the Dolphins, and then they lose to the Eagles. But my friends had a really good time uh, over that, uh, what I'd say, 10, 11 day period that they were all here and went to either or the Dolphins and Eagles games. And uh, really one of them with his son went to both, which was really cool for them to experience. So as I said, the Eagles were reeling. The Bills came into this game favored, actually. They were a one point favorite in this game. It was the only game all season the Bills actually lost as a favorite. And in fact, if you go back for the last three years since Sean McDermott took over, the Bills have exactly one loss in each season when they're the favored team. Like one actual loss, not even counting against the spread. They lost on a Thursday night at the Jets in 2017. That's the week that Kelvin Benjamin was traded for, and he came and he joined the team. Uh, that was a, a big loss for the team as they were they were five and two, and then they lost three in a row. And then the next year they lost to the Jets at home late in the year. The game Matt Milano broke his leg. They were favored in that one. And then this year, this past year, they lost to the Eagles at home. The only three games they've lost while being favored on the field losing and one game in each of those seasons, 2017, 18, and 19. When this one started, um, the Bills just could not run the ball early on. They were, they were having trouble, and the Eagles did a really nice job of rallying to the football, a lot of speed on defense. They were able to get there very fast. Nigel Bradham didn't even play in this game, and you know you thought maybe that was going to be a factor, but Brandon Graham was super. He was excellent and uh, a very, very good football player. If you get a chance, go watch the series All or Nothing on Amazon. It's kind of like uh, hard knocks, but it doesn't follow a team just through training camp and preseason. It follows a team 
through the whole season. And they followed the Eagles last year. So there's some inside stuff on this game along with the other, you know, 15 games they played in the regular season. And, you know, you get to you get to really know Brandon Graham and I think really respect his game. He's a, a talented, fantastic football player. He had a really good game against the Bills in this particular game. And you know, the Bills just could not run the ball early on. And that was really a big factor, especially with the wind, because the way the wind was, you know, you didn't want to throw it. And the Bills were in third down situations where they had to throw the ball. But they did a nice job. The Bills did actually overall getting to a spot where they could string together a few plays here or there. Uh, they made they made a couple plays down the field. Allen was actually pretty good in the first half. Uh, first quarter, he was hitting some passes. He was making very good decisions as far as when to run the ball. And the Bills opened up the game with a TD. Uh, after a field goal, the Eagles actually had a field goal first. Then the Bills scored a TD to take the lead. And it was Allen to Beasley. And this was a really, really nice play design by Brian Dable that put a defensive back in a huge bind. The DB had to choose. Do I go after Josh Allen running or do I defend Cole Beasley? He chose to go after Allen running. And Allen just tossed the ball to, to Cole Beasley, who had an easy path into the end zone. It very much was similar to the Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving game that Beasley scored on, except Beasley was actually going with Allen on this one, not against the grain, but it looked very similar actually to that game. It was a really nice TD. Uh, the bills, they wind up going up and the rest of the, the rest of the half though, a lot of it though, outside of that particular touchdown, the rest of the half was really kind of played between the twenties, between the teams. They really couldn't get much going either team. They could get down inside into about the 20. Uh, they started off maybe at the 25 after a touchback, they get to the 20 if that, you know, there was punts, there was just not a game that was going to see a lot of high scoring. And really that was the case as the game basically went on and until late. Now, one of the things that happened in this game though, that really killed the bills. And this to me was the defining game plan and play series calling, whatever you want that really hurt the bills when it was all added up. And that was the ability for Eagles players to get yards after catch. The Eagles did a great job, I think, whatever it was, of scouting the Bills, going into the game and having the game plan, making adjustments during the game, taking advantage of certain situations and matchups. They did a great job of getting the ball to playmakers, especially running backs and tight ends who could get yards after the catch, even wide receivers. But I'll tell you, out of the 172, I think it was, 179 yards that uh, Carson Wentz threw for, I'm not kidding where I think that at least a hundred of them must have been yards after catch. That's how good they were with yards after catch in this game. And that really hurt the bills because they just gave up some big plays where Eagles players caught the ball and then they ran afterward. But that being said, you know, the bills were still in this game really well. In fact, they were leading seven, three with about two minutes left in the half. It was the two minute warning and the bills were winning seven to three. They had a third down and two. This was a huge swing in the game. It was a huge play, and it wound up being a huge swing. Again, Bills lead, 7-3. to three. They have the ball, two-minute warning, third down and two. Allen tries a QB sweep. They're in their own territory, deep in their own territory. Allen tries a QB sweep. He fumbles. And again, it was Brandon Graham who did a great job to basically get past the block and reach with his right arm and rip it out. And the Eagles recover the ball inside the Bills' 30-yard line. It was one of those plays where you just want to go, come on, Josh, you've got to take care of the ball better. You know, uh, that was his seventh fumble of the year at that point. And it's been the issue with Josh Allen, his ball security, taking care of the ball and especially the fumbles. He had cleaned up the interceptions pretty well, but, you know, the fumbles were still happening, not as frequently necessarily, but this was a big one because now the Eagles had the ball 
at the Bills' 24-yard line specifically. The Bills actually got them to a third down. It was a third and one at the 15, but Carson Wentz goes up the middle, quarterback sneak, he gets a first down, then he scrambles for uh, eight more yards, gets down to the Bills' five-yard line, and then they throw a touchdown to Dallas Goddard. So now the Eagles actually take the lead. In fact, they go for a two-point conversion, they get it, and then they have a penalty on the play. So now think about this. Now it's 11-7, to the Eagles lead it. They're getting, giving the ball back to the Bills with good field position because of an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. The Bills actually get the ball at their own 39, get out to midfield, then get down to the Philadelphia 35-yard line after a scramble by Josh Allen goes for 14 yards. They have a chance after all this to kick a field goal. They're trailing 11-7. If it's good, it's going to be 11-10 at halftime. But Stephen Hauschka misses a 53-yarder. Stephen did not have a good first half of the season, but you can't totally blame him for this one. It was a 53-yarder. It was a very windy day. But the Bills go to the halftime 11-7. They're down. And then the Eagles come right out. And this is why it's such a big swing in this game, what I was just talking about a little while ago. So that particular sequence happened with two minutes left in the first half. And then on the second play of the second half, the play that everybody remembers from the game. Miles Sanders takes the ball on a handoff. They had a uh, a double, they had two running backs in the backfield. The Bills had some confusion. It didn't seem like exactly everyone knew exactly what their gap assignment was. And that wound up costing them because Miles Sanders goes up the middle for 65 yards and a touchdown. They missed the extra point, actually. And that makes the score 17 to seven. So the Eagles lead it now after the bills were leading. Let's remember the bills were leading seven to three with the ball at the two minute warning of the first half. And then less than a minute into the second half, which is less than three minutes later, they're now suddenly down 17 to seven. What an incredible swing. And the thing about this is if you remember the last two podcasts, the last two rewinds I've done the dolphins game, and the Titans game, the Bills had big, big time swings of situations that kind of really defined the game that went their way. Against the Titans, it was that goal line situation. It was crazy. We went over that. There was two scores by the Titans that didn't count. The Bills then blocked the field goal. They go down. They score. It was crazy. They wind up scoring and winning the game because of all that. And then against the Dolphins, the Dolphins are winning. They're about to score, go up two touchdowns, end of the third quarter. Trey White comes up with the pick. The Bills go all the way down the field, 98 yards. They score. They take the lead. They never look back. In those situations, the Bills completely turn the game for in their favor because of those particular moments and plays. Here, the opposite. The Bills had the game not in control, but they had the lead. They had the ball. You know, Things were seemingly going very well, but everything turned, and that's the way it goes. So... They had two games in a row where that was happening in their favor, but now here it goes the other way. And again, that's what happens. Give the Eagles credit. You know, Brandon Graham makes the play. Carson Wentz makes a couple of plays. They score a touchdown. They come out. They have good adjustments. They have a good plan. They run a play against the Bills that they were confused on. I'm sure that was something they coached up. The Eagles did. They saw maybe something they could take advantage of. And now suddenly it's 17 to three in the third quarter, but the Bills, I keep saying that it's 17, seven, not 17 to three because of the third quarter, but it's 17, seven. But the Bills do make it 17-13 by coming down and scoring a touchdown not too long after that. It was actually a nice drive. Devin Singletary takes a swing pass. If you remember, he gets out to the left side a little bit, sees a guy coming, does a little high step, and makes a nice move and gets into the end zone. But the extra point is blocked, so it remains 17-13. There's still plenty of time left in this game. The 
Eagles, however, they do a nice job of coming back again right away. A huge pass. Uh, Elshon Jeffrey catches it. You know, again, Carson Wentz was very good in this game overall. I was impressed with the way he threw the ball in the wind. And they made some plays, the Eagles did, against the win. Yes, there were a lot of yak, but there was also a lot of Carson Wentz throwing some dimes, doing a really nice job. They score again. It's 24-13 to in the fourth quarter. This game actually now comes down to the Bills trying to score a little bit late. And then, yep, okay, if you can score here, you can maybe get the ball back. You still have a chance here. The Bills are down 11 points, 24-13 in the fourth quarter. They get down into Eagles territory, but they're in this kind of a weird spot where you can't really kick a field goal. It's windy. It's a little bit longer. It's fourth down. You got to go for it. And you know what they did? They threw a pass that resembled exactly what they did against the Ravens later in the season, which obviously we'll talk about when I get to that particular podcast. But they go to John Brown across the middle. And this one, in the Ravens game, he was going from right to left uh, from Josh Allen. Here he was going left to right. But it looked very similar because Allen throws the ball on that pattern. It's knocked away by the DB. And it kind of resembled and made me think about, yep, maybe in that situation, if you have a guy like Stefan Diggs, that doesn't happen. And I'm not, that's not a knock against John Brown in any way. It just means that you have more options. If you have Stefan Diggs, either you can go to him or maybe they have to double him. So you go to John Brown because he's got single coverage on a lesser defensive back. But in this situation, having John Brown as your number one, I think everybody kind of knew the bills were going to go that way. So they wind up not converting the fourth down. And then of course the Eagles just basically, you know, go down the field. They score again. They wound up winning the game 31 to 13. So it was not a good or fun day in Orchard Park overall. Not a fun day for fans to sit through with all the rain and the wind. Uh, not a good day for the Bills on the field. And of course, they dropped to 5-2. and two. All was not lost, but you know, I think this game just kind of showed that uh, they weren't quite ready to play with a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, especially a team that was reeling like that, especially a team that had a lot to prove, that knew they had to rally, a team that had veteran leadership, a team that had been you know, through the playoffs, Super Bowls, ups and downs. Uh, this was a game that you know the Bills... They were tested and, and they failed this test and it was a game they were favored to win, but they came out on the other side. So, you know, again, they now was not lost. They had another game coming up at home against Washington. They're five and two. They have Washington coming to their place the following week, a good chance to get six and two against a team that only won one game. And that was against the Dolphins by one point a couple of weeks prior. So I think fans and the team were probably figuring, okay, you know what? It's a bump in the road. We can get back on track. And they did. And we'll talk about that a little bit, but this was a game I think that a lot of Bills fans kind of look back and say, boy, they just did not play very well. Uh, whether it was something they did wrong or to me, really what the Eagles did mostly against the Bills. I, I give the Eagles a lot of credit in this one particularly. In fact, you know, it's the only time all year. This is interesting. It's the only time all year last year the Bills gave up more than 24 points in a game. How about this stat for you? I'll leave you with this today. Every single team in the NFL last year except for the Buffalo Bills, gave up more than 24 points multiple times in the season. The Bills were the only team that gave up more than 24 points only one time. No one did it zero times. Everyone else did it at least twice during the season. The Bills gave up 24 a couple times to the Ravens and to the Patriots, but they only gave up over 24 one time. And it was in this game against the Eagles, 31 to 13 
was the final score. So it just goes to show you how good and consistent the defense was all year. But that Miles Sanders play is going to sting for a lot of Bills fans for a long time. They're going to remember that one. You know, if you went to that game, if you remember watching that game, I think that's the play that kind of stands out to everybody. It was a miscommunication. Uh, the Bills talked about that. Not getting an exact detail on what happened, but, you know, the, the defense took ownership and said miscommunication there. They just they didn't have things right on that particular play. And that's what's going to happen when you play a good team, a well-coached team, uh, and a team that uh, understands how to make adjustments at halftime and come out and beat you. And that's what the Eagles did. So the Bills have a chance to make adjustments, and that's what they do. They're going to get back after it the next week against Washington at home, and I'll talk about it on the next podcast. Thanks for coming aboard. Sal Sports and Stuff told you it'd be short and sweet this time. I'll talk to you next time when we rewind week number nine, game number eight for the Bills against Washington. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.